Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Toxic Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Martin. I'm really excited about our show today because I'm here with Dr. Amy Ingram, and she is extra special to me because she is my functional medicine doctor. Uh, She's helped my family tremendously uh, simply by even asking the right questions so that we could discover that mold was an issue. Uh, and she's helped us navigate our, our own mold journey. Um, and through this, if there's one thing that I've learned and one thing that I want you to know is that if you don't know the right questions to ask or have someone there to guide you along the way, it can be pretty difficult to pinpoint mold as the root cause for your health issues. Luckily, Dr. Ingham lives close to me uh, right here in North Carolina, but she is also licensed in Texas as well. She um she has spent several years working in a family practice um and then during that time she kept noticing that many of the prescriptions that she was writing included side effects and that often required additional prescriptions for her patients which often created even further side effects and uh like a lot of doctors that start out in the traditional conventional medicine field Um, that turned to functional medicine, it just, you know, that didn't sit well with her. Um, And so Dr. Ingram decided that she needed to do some of her own research, uh, and that led her to the relationship between the body's organs and then the overlay of that with nutrition and lifestyle and genetics. Um, Her quest for root cause illness led her down the path to functional medicine, which is always looking for the root cause. Um, She's developed a multifaceted natural approach to treat both existing conditions and get ahead of challenges that may present later in life. Her practice today helps patients with gut health, candida, allergies, long haul COVID, mast cell activation, and of course, of course, mold. Like I said earlier, this is a super important episode. You cannot miss it. You might want to even grab a pen and a paper um, for the simple reason that mold is never first on anyone's radar for their health issues. Unless, of course, um, they've already been down that road before, unfortunately. As a matter of fact, I was recently reading an updated report from December of 2021 regarding water damage statistics, and it showed that 14.6 million homes in the U.S. are at risk for flooding, that 98% of basements experience water damage. Um, but you guys, more often times, mold can come from a less obvious leak And what's even more mind-blowing is the fact that it only takes 24 to 48 hours for mold to grow. That's that's insane. And I think that fact alone is easy to see why um, there are many people out there that potentially have mold exposure in their house or, you know, their office or school and just are not aware of it because it doesn't take much time for it to grow which is why it's super imperative to know the symptoms of mold exposure and why I have Dr. Ingram with us today. So without any further ado, let's meet Dr. Amy Ingram. But first a word from our sponsor, Touchstone Essentials. 
Research shows that your body is exposed to over 80,000 known toxins every day. These exposures come from a variety of heavy metals and chemicals that are in our air, food, water, and they can accumulate in the body and create health issues over time. Toxins tend to store in fatty tissues, making it difficult to lose weight. They interfere with your immune system, with your sleep, your hormones, they zap your energy. Give your body an extra strength detox down to the cellular level with Pure Body Extra. This hydrated zeolite works like mini magnets to attract and remove positively charged toxins like arsenic, mercury, lead, aluminum, and more. Get 50% off your first order today, and that equates you guys to like 82% off of retail. You can go ahead and get your discount at purebody4u.com. That's P-U-R-E-B-O-D-Y for like the number four, you, Y-O-U.com. Hi, Dr. Ingram. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to chat with you. Um, I know you know, but a lot of people listening may not know that you were the first doctor that I actually came across and discovered that asked me the correct questions or right questions to help me and my family realize that we were also dealing with mold. Um, can you share a little bit about your story and how you became interested in um, treating people with mold? Yeah, sure. Um, because that's a, 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 that is important to understand why I have such passion for, for helping people with mold and how I knew to ask the right questions. So um, I was already um, uh, an MD and working in a functional medicine clinic when um, slowly started having symptoms over a period of um, about a year and didn't really realize I was sick. I thought I was just stressed, you know, being a mom, having two kids, all that. Um, And we had someone come in the clinic that um, had been uh, sensitive to mold. And she came in and she said, I have a headache. I don't feel good in this office. I think you have a problem. And that day um, the owner of the building tested and sure enough, we had mold. Um, And that, um, started my journey to help myself because I had gone to, um, conventional doctors and they said, no, it's, it, it's not mold is not a real thing. Um, (laughs) it's all just in your head. And, um, I I was so sick to the point that I I couldn't, I couldn't work. I had to quit working, um, and couldn't, couldn't take care of my children. Um, so much brain fog, so much fatigue, um, that it, it was, it was very challenging. So I started learning more to help myself and realized I needed to help other people because conventional doctors just were not helping people. So, um, once I got to, um, feeling better, um, and started my health journey, um, I just opened my own practice. Um, so that's where we are and that's how I met you. You know, and they say it sometimes it's a, it's a blessing and like an illness can be a blessing in disguise. And in this case it is because had you not been exposed to mold and learned about it, you wouldn't be helping all the people today. So I guess that's, that's one positive spin on it. Yes. And that's <laughs> the way I look at it too. Yeah. And, and the thing is kind of like you were saying, like a lot of the doctors, um, in the conventional side of it, are not really recognizing that it's a problem. Um, and, and I think it, and you can confirm this too, is that it's just, it's hard to identify mold illness, right? Yep. So can you tell us some typical symptoms that um, somebody might be clued into or look for? 
Yeah, and that's that's the big thing is it's not one symptom, it's the collection of symptoms. Um, and it affects different parts of the body. It can be respiratory symptoms, it can affect the brain and the nerves, it can affect the immune system, it can affect the hormones. So some of the symptoms that we see are um, brain fog and confusion, fatigue, behavior changes, mood changes, irritability, um, neurological things such as tics and movements, um, blurred vision, trouble sleeping, allergies, headaches, um, changes in menstrual cycles, weight gain or weight loss, uh, nasal congestion, chronic infections, especially sinus infections, um, chronic yeast infections, um, a hoarse voice, which is one of my, my big symptoms, um, trouble breathing, frequent bladder infections, abdominal pain, diarrhea, constipation. You can see where it's all over the board. Yeah, it so really it's, is. It's a collection of symptoms. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so it is crazy. And then, you know, the, some of those seemingly, if you just have one or two, they can be easily dismissed or passed. Like you said, you didn't realize you were sick for about a year, roughly, and just kind of chalked it up to, oh, I'm stressed or I'm busy. And it's kind of easy to do those things. Just kind of pass it off. Um, do, do kids and adults kind of have the same symptoms or? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so kids, um, they can't express, they don't have the words and depending how old they are, they, right. they can't always say, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling good. So in kids, it's really more an outward reflection um, that they just don't feel good. So it's usually irritability and agitation or behavior changes, right? They're just not acting the way they normally do. Um, concentration problems is a big thing. Um, yeah. And so it can look like ADD or ADHD or even autistic features. And one of the interesting things is a lot of school buildings are moldy. Oh. So they're sitting in a moldy building and they're getting, they're not paying attention. Um, and we're, you know, we blame it on the kid and it's not really the kid's fault. Right. It's the school. Right. Um, but they, the kids frequently get colds um, or infections. Um, it, so we have to look more for their, their outward expression rather than their, their symptoms. Right. You really kind of need to be in tune with your body um, you know, as an adult and then be able to recognize that, I guess, on the behalf of your child, if they're all of a sudden, maybe, you know, not doing so well in school or like you said, with the ADHD, I mean, that I know for us in our story, um, when my son had ticks, that was what the neuro neurologist suggested, like, oh, here, take this ADHD medicine. And I was like, that's not really our problem, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and ticks and movements is the one I, I didn't mention. Um, but that's one of the things we see in both kids and adults. Right. That's so crazy. Um, how, how long would someone potentially need to be living or working, or in this case, maybe going to school in being exposed to a moldy environment on a regular basis before symptoms might show up? Well, and that's, that's really, um, variable. And um, the, because the toxins can stay with us for a long time, mm -hmm. um, for adults, it might have been an exposure in the past. Um, and as we talk a little bit more about mold, I'll kind of explain that. Okay, um, 
so maybe that can kind of goes to our, our one of our next questions, which is um, a frequent thing is why do some members of the family get sick and other ones don't? Right. Um, and that kind of goes along with, you know, how long before symptoms show up and why they don't show up at all in some people. So um, from uh, uh, Richie Shoemaker, who was like the, the doctor that started a lot of the um, awareness of mold, he has um, suggested that about 25% of the population is genetically sensitive to mold toxins. Well, it's a little bit more than just that. Um, genetics also affect um, how we get rid of toxins that we're exposed to. Um, it, the genetics tell us tell, uh, what kind of liver enzymes um, and how much antioxidants we can make. So genetics is a big part of it. But the other big part of uh, whether someone gets sick and how long it takes is what's their underlying health condition and what's their toxic load. So let's talk a little bit about toxic load. Okay. Um, so um, toxins, we call them toxins, but they right. come from every metabolic process in our body. So let's kind of think about a car. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the car has an engine, we put gas in it, the engine runs, the car goes, and it makes exhaust as a byproduct. Um, and that exhaust is the toxin. Um, so processes like the engine go on in our body. We take a breath, we make carbon dioxide, which is a toxin. We eat food, we make energy and the byproduct of that energy production like the car engine is toxins. And our body was amazingly designed to get rid of those toxins that it makes um, by using the liver and the gallbladder and the gut and the urine and the skin and breathing in and out. So we've got these natural mechanisms. The problem is that our um, mechanisms have become overloaded and we reach a threshold. And once we reach that th threshold, that's when we have problems. Right. So I like to make an analogy to a rain barrel um, and the toxins coming into the, or the, the rain coming into the barrel is like the toxins that we produce or we're, we're exposed to. So rain comes into the barrel, we have spigots to remove the water. Um, and if for some reason we have more uh, rain coming in or not enough going out, our rain barrel overflows and you, you can imagine there's a mess, there's water right. everywhere. So kind of the same thing with the body. When our body has more toxins coming in than it can get out, um, we've reached a threshold. We start right. overflowing and that's when we start having symptoms. Um, so how many spigots does a person have? Um, and do their spigots work? A lot of that's genetic um, okay. the ability to remove toxins. Okay. So, and then with the body, let's, it's not just mold toxins that are coming in. Um, what other toxins are coming in besides the ones we produce and the, um, the mold toxins? Well, there's toxins from plastic water bottles and from pesticides. Um, even if we eat organic, a lot of those foods still have some pesticides on them. Um, it, Roundup is, is unfortunately everywhere. Um, gasoline products, petroleum, perfumes, uh, heavy metals like lead and mercury. Um, and there's so many more. So lots okay. of toxins coming in. Um, and what if our body's making extra toxins? What if we have infections like yeast or viruses or Lyme's disease or chronic sinus infections or uh, dental infections. 
Um, what if we're continuing to eat inflammatory foods like sugar and wheat and dairy and processed foods? And what if we have allergies, you know, environmental allergies, pollens, pets? Those are more toxins coming in. Goodness. Um, so as you can see, it's, <laughs> it gets pretty complex. Um, and that kind of explains why some people in the same house um, might have a bigger barrel or right. they're not as full or they have more spigots and they don't get as sick as some other people whose uh, barrels are already close to full or their spigots don't work. Gosh, I mean, it really is kind of coming at you in all directions, really. And if you're not mindful or aware of where they're potentially coming from, it's kind of easy to fill that bucket, so to speak. Yes. Like rather quickly, a little bit adds up, you know, like (laughs) a lot. Um, So when you were talking about the genetics, did you say it was like 25% of the population roughly that have it? That's a, that's a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of people, um, that potentially are having more difficulty detoxing on top of, you know, maybe they're eating inflammatory foods and not really aware or, you know, not using a water filter. And I've recently discovered that, you know, we're, you know, we're living in an area, the United States is you, you're assuming you have clean water, uh, but that's not necessarily the case, right? you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, once you, 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 you confirm that somebody has molds, um, in their body and they need to detox, what is the plan to help them heal? What's the path to help them get better? Yeah. And just as we said, um, this is a, a complex issue as far as detoxification. Um, the healing is even more complex. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. So we have to think about mold and we've talked about toxins, right? but um, mold does a lot more than that. Mold causes allergies and conventional medicine gets that part that um, um, molds are allergenic, can right. cause the sneezing and um, the, the watery eyes. But mold toxins also alter the immune system and put people at risk for um, having autoimmune disorders um, like arthritis and um, uh, autoimmune thyroid issues are just some of the ones that we see. Um, Toxins also affect the nervous system, the brain, um, and every cell in the body. Every cell has a little energy factory in it called the mitochondria. Right. And those mitochondria are very sensitive to toxins. And when the mitochondria are poisoned, um, they don't make energy and therefore we're fatigued and our brain doesn't work. Um, Mold can also cause infections um, in the sinuses, in the gut. We can get yeast infections and mold can cause leaky gut and leaky brain. So mold affects the body in a lot of ways. So we have to keep that in mind when we start talking about healing. Um, so it's not just getting the toxins out. It's also don't put more toxins in. Uh, and like you talked about clean water, clean, we also talk about clean air and clean food. Um, and if you have infections, we have to treat those infections, whether they're in the nose or the gut. And then we have to kind of go th- and undo everything that the mold has done. So, um, we have to talk about immune balance and get, uh, get, the autoimmunity under control, get the allergies under control. Um, 
we need to support the immune system. Uh, if there's the, uh, a chronic stress response, like if our body has um, gotten stuck in a fight or flight mode, um, we need to fix that. How do we know if we're stuck in fight or flight? If we have yeah. the rapid heart rate anxiety. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, people with mold get stuck in that. Um, and we have to work to calm their, their um, limbic system is what it's called. Um, being sick with mold illness depletes a lot of nutrients and you don't absorb nutrients if your gut's not healthy. So we have to work at replacing nutrients, especially omega-3 fatty acids and zinc and molybdenum. Um, we got to fix the leaky gut and the leaky brain. Uh, we have to repair the cellular damage and support the mitochondria. And being sick with mold and living in a molding house is stressful and exhausting. And if your brain's not working good in the first place, <clears throat> there's a lot of mood issues. So we have to, to emotionally repair as well. So healing, healing is, is complex. Yeah. There's a lot of parts there. I mean, between, you know, your energy house, when you're talking about the mitochondria, that's pretty much takes care of, like you said, your fatigue and just your energy for your cells to do what they need to do. Your by default, even if you're eating well, not absorbing the nutrients that you need, which you're, you need the nutrients in order to function and feel well. And then you got the emotional aspect of it. I mean, it's really just like a, an entire cluster of things that need to happen at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when I, um, before I got sick with mold, uh, the doctor that I was working with was already seeing people who were really, who were sick from mold. And I said, Oh, that is too much. I can't handle that. You handle the mold patients. I'll do something else. And I think it's interesting how fate <laughs> kind of right. laughs at us when I said, I'm not going to do that. And here I am doing no, it. Sorry. You're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really are going to do this. <laughs> um, Oh gosh. Um, so it, it, you were talking about earlier too, with just toxins coming in from all, you know, all the places from your products to your food, to the air, water, and everything. How important is it for someone, um, to clean up their diet or are there certain things that they need to eat or not eat when you're trying to heal from mold? Yeah. And diet is huge. Um, I often say that when you're healing from mold, diet is more important than, than supplements. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, wow. Because we need great nutrients to detox. Um, we, I mean, food is medicine. So um, great foods, uh, green vegetables, um, clean food, uh, broccoli is a great detoxificant. Um, so Hopefully. nutrients wow, okay. for detox, um, the nutrients for healing, um, we need those omega-3 fatty acids from fish and flaxseed. Um, the other thing about diet is we, we keep saying, don't put more toxins in. Right. So, um, eating inflammatory foods like wheat and gluten and gliadin is adding more inflammatory toxins to your body. Um, and then we have to think about moldy foods and, and foods that have pesticides. Um, so moldy foods, um, foods that such as stored grains, once foods have been stored, uh, like uh, rice, uh, 
or, or wheat grains, they're um, at risk for growing mold and having mold toxins in them. Um, aged meats like salami um, are, they're aged, they're moldy. Like cheeses, blue cheese specifically has a, a mold in it. Um, and then fermented foods, um, sauerkraut and kombucha, which are so healthy, might not be healthy for a moldy person. And that would beer be so and wine confusing. is also fermented. Yeah. yeah, that would be confusing because a lot of times you think, oh, kombucha is really good for your gut health and gut bacteria. But um, yeah, not so much if you're uh, dealing with mold. Right. Um, so can you recover? Now you said that diet is sometimes more important than, well, not that it's more important, but definitely needs to be addressed in addition to the supplements, but a high priority. Um what about a living in the moldy environment? If I know because it can be expensive depending on the extent of the exposure and the issues and where it's coming from, what about somebody who can't get out right away? Yeah, so um, it's really hard to heal if you're still exposed to mold toxins, whether the mold is living in your nose or in your house. We just can't make any progress. We're just kind of treading water um, and keeping things from getting worse until we deal with some of these underlying issues. Um, so yeah, you've got to clean up the house. Um, you've got to clean up the furniture. You've got to clean up the toxins. Um, and yeah, that gets really expensive and it's really complicated and, and time consuming. Um, and uh, they houses can be remediated. Um, and even once they've cleaned up, you know, things change, um, right. you know, washing machines leak, um, yeah. big rains come <laughs> right, um, right. and roofs leak, uh, ice makers leak, things change. So, um, I do recommend people that have, that are sensitive, have been exposed to mold, um, periodically continue to check their environment. You definitely need to set some protocols in place to be once you're out and in a safer building, a house, a new house, not a new house, but you know what I mean? Just like a, a mold free to be more mindful of where the leaks can come from. I mean, like yep. you said, washer, I've, I've heard the front loading washer is like the worst uh, <laughs> and we have one. So yeah, that's something I am more mindful of now, making sure that that drawer is open, the little dish in the ring is cleaned out, um, which never would have even considered that before because it's there to wash stuff, you know? Yep. But yeah. And then you did say about mold living in your, in your sinuses, how, so if you, let's say you're, if, if you either moved out or remediated, um, is, and mold is growing in your sinuses. How does that? Yeah. Kind of scary. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so what I usually, what I frequently do for a lot of my patients is a, a nasal swab okay. that looks for um, um, certain bacteria mm -hmm. that live in conjunction with mold um, that make a biofilm. And biofilm is like a slimy protective layer that some bacteria and fungus make to protect themselves from our immune system. So imagine like a, a condominium with this uh, fungus, uh, different kinds of molds and different kinds of bacteria living in it. 
and continuing to produce toxins, but they're hiding from our immune system. Our immune system can't clear them out. And antibiotics can't clear them out either. Oh, wow. So these actually yeah. live in our sinuses. And this is yeah. part of chronic sinus infection and some of that postnasal drainage. Um, and so we've got to take care of that as well as our home. Well, because that, I mean, that is like your own bodily home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh, gosh, so much to think of and so many things to do. Um, it's really important that you get the right guidance if you suspect that you have symptom upon symptom piling up on top of each other. I always say, don't dismiss it. Listen, listen to your body and, and get the help that you need and get you on the right path. And, um, you've been a blessing for us personally. I thank you for that. Um, if somebody is suspecting that, you know, maybe I might have mold, I need to look into this, where could people find you, um, and reach out to you to get some guidance and help? Yeah. Well, um, I'm just one of many doctors that are, are learning about a mold. Um, and if they're in North Carolina, cause I can only, um, treat people that are in a state where I have a license, which is North Carolina and Texas. Um, they can find family functional medicine. Um, you can check out our website, family functional medicine. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then you can always call the office. What we offer people is a free, uh, 10 minute phone consult with myself to see if we're a good fit, mm -hmm. um, to see if what you're going through is something I can help you with. Um, and if so, then we move forward to, um, to set up and setting up appointments. Um, if you're not in our state, you can always check um, the Institute of Functional Medicine, which is IFM, and you can find doctors. And then there are other um, accrediting organizations for environmental medicine, um, and um, toxic related illness, um, and you can find providers from, from those sites as well. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ingram. I thought this was really helpful and um, give other people out there that may not know that they're going through it an idea of what to look for and then the things that they're going to need to address on down the road. So I do appreciate you joining me today. And thank you because I want to um, get the word out there and help as many people as we can even if that wasn't your original intention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one wants to have to deal with mold, but we, we do appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Okay. That was a lot of information. Um, I hope you took notes, but if not, I do have a few key takeaways to touch base with you on. Number one, being that mold truly does impact multiple body systems. It can impact your respiratory system, your brain, your nervous system, your digestive, your skin, your circulatory system, reproductive, overall immune system, your vision, um, over in your sinuses, your eyes, your ears, your nose, um, your throat, all of that. And so with that being said, uh, you really don't want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say negligent, but you don't want to pass off any any symptoms that you're having as, well, that's just the way I am, or it's just always been this way, or thinking, you know, getting brain fog is just a part of getting older, um, because more than likely it is something in the environment that is causing it, 
Maybe it's mold, maybe it's heavy metals. Um, but there's definitely something in the environment that needs to be addressed. Um, one of my, I guess my, I don't want to say my favorite annoyances, but mom brain being associated with brain fog, just because you're a mom, it's like normal to be forgetful, but that's, that's not really the case at play. It's something in the environment and it needs to be addressed. So that would be my key takeaway one. Uh, number two being, um, and this was kind of news to me, honestly, I didn't realize that so many schools were moldy, but it makes sense, you know, because the city, a lot of public schools are don't have the funds to go ahead and update the school and uh, and take care of things like that. And as a building sits, it's, you know, it's going to happen. Um, so if your child is having a difficulty paying attention, um, unable, and maybe has a little bit of poor memory recall or just, just difficulty focusing or sitting still, um, I wouldn't be so quick to go ahead and medicate. I have heard some stories where, you know, uh, you know, like a, a second grader can't sit still. And so the doctor gives them ADHD medicine. Maybe it's, maybe for one, maybe they're just being a kid and they need more time to move around. Number two, maybe there's something in their environment that's causing them to be that less, have the less ability to, um, to be still for a long period of time. Maybe there is mold in their school or their house. I mean, it's definitely worth investigating. Um, Okay, so takeaway three, I would say, is your overall toxic load. I mean, our bodies, they do have the necessary mechanisms uh, to go ahead and detox. However, we were not designed to withstand the amount of man-made exposures, uh, chemical exposures and toxins that we are today. I mean, it's so we're so easily burdened because, you know, we're eating it, we're breathing it, we're putting it on our skin, um, so we really need to be mindful of our overall toxic load and help our natural systems be able to do what they're designed to do in detox, but not overload them. So that would be three. Number four, um, I would say is in regards to when you're trying to recover from mold exposure and it kind of piggybacks on number three regarding toxic load. Um, you don't want to continually be adding more toxins to your body with your your food and your products if you're trying to detox from mold. Um, we really wanna be able to alleviate all the work that your, your liver is doing and your kidneys are doing and, um, and everything to make sure that they can work. So really minimizing to eliminating as much of the toxins as you can um, by eating clean food and using um, greener and healthier products in your home. Um, natural products in your house and everything, and that will help out. Um, and then number five, I would say, is that once you are have either remediated or you've moved out of your house, um, you still need to take care of potentially your sinuses because there is that potential for the mold to really, depending on how long you were there in in the in the building, um, living or working in there, you you may have mold that is accumulated up in your sinuses and and uh, taking up space in, in there. And so that needs to be addressed. If you're still feeling bad after going through detox, really address what is going on in your sinuses. Um, so I wanted to thank you all for being here. I, I appreciate you listening and I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review and subscribing. Um, I don't not that I don't, well, I don't want to miss next week, but you don't want to miss next week either because I've got a really good segment coming up and we will be discussing sauna therapy. Thanks so much, guys.
So I wanted to thank you all for being here. I, I appreciate you listening and I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review and subscribing. Um, don't, not that I don't, well, I don't want to miss next week, but you don't want to miss next week either because I've got a really good segment coming up and we will be discussing sauna therapy. Thanks so much, guys.